T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, Saturday Suckage with you. Thank you for spending your quarantine time with us. We hope to suck so your quarantine time doesn't suck. And we welcome on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford and Melrose Park, we welcome James Fox of Future Sox. And he joins us now to talk some baseball. They're making plans for baseball and drafting and seasons and and it just sounds also made up. What's true? What's not? What do you think is going to happen, James? Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. So, so what's going mean, guess... to happen? <laughs> well, I mean, in regards to the draft, there's definitely going to be a draft. It's going to be June 10th. Um, it's, it's not going to be, you know, what we're used to seeing with the 40-round draft. You know, they're lowering it to five rounds this year, so... I mean, that's 1,200 players were taken last year. That means this year there's going to be 160 players taken, which is like an 87% reduction, and we can get into that further as to the reasons um, that it is going to be, you know, a pretty big change. Well, let's get into that. What, what, um, what are the reasons? How does this affect um, the field, and, and who are the big losers in all this? So I guess, first of all, I mean, the biggest losers initially, I think, are college juniors that would have been in that, like, 5 to 10 round range. I mean, you know, some of those players are getting two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 to start baseball careers. And now, basically, you know, they're, they're going to have a tough decision to make. They're either going to have to go back to school and, you know, they could enter next year's draft, but they're going to be a year older, so they're going to be penalized for being a year older or they could take whatever teams are offering them this year in round five, or they could sign undrafted with whoever they want, but they're limited to a $20,000 bonus, which, you know, it's just, it's pretty crazy um, the way they're doing this. And the owner, you know, the owners are a bit short-sighted in this regard. They look at it as like a way to save money initially, but honestly, they're really not saving that much money. They're saving about a million dollars per team. They do get to defer payment for the next two years on all these draft picks. So yeah, like they are saving right now, but they're not really saving in the long run. And the draft is the most cost cost efficient way of finding talent as I think you guys know. So it's, it's just, it's very short sighted thinking with what they're doing. We're talking with James Fox. He's the editor of uh, future socks and managing editor of Southside hit pen 
on SI now. So in the shortened draft, does the does the does a team that had traditionally had quality minor league team quality drafts had spent the kind of money that because we've seen teams that win the World Series recently have been the teams that have tanked, gotten those high draft picks and built your way up that way. What does that mean to that style of building a team? So they're going to be fine. Like in, the, like in the early rounds, like if you were to look on MLB Pipeline or Baseball America and you were to look at like who the top guys are in this draft class, those guys are all still going to sign. They're all still going to become professional baseball players. So your really good scouting teams in that regard are still going to take guys in the top five rounds that will help them. The issue is, you know, some of your, some of your teams that, you know, take a chance on some high schoolers late on day three and they, you know, they pay their – they pay them a, you know, a pretty lofty bonus and then pay for college later or whatever. That stuff's not going to be possible this year. So, I mean, you know, the draft class in general will just be a lot smaller for most of these cases. I mean, even looking at the White Sox specifically, they've done it in recent years where they've, you know, they've taken some high school guys on day three that look, I mean, those guys might turn out to be nothing, but you know, it's a worthwhile gamble to get guys like that into your system. Now some of those players are basically going to be forced to go to college where there's already a bunch of kids on campus that are probably going to stay within those programs or they're going to have to go to JUCO for a year and then re-enter next year's draft. But I think, like, your, you know, your top drafting teams, they won't be super affected, like initially at least, um, because I do think the, the five-round draft is only – a one-year thing, it's just the it's just unnecessary. Right, it just kind of sucks for this year. I mean, we're we're, I mean, it's it's such a grand difference. I mean, from forty rounds to five rounds, and there the the ten-round proposal was rejected, and you had the majority of front office were were pushing obviously for more. What was wrong with a ten-round draft? Like. 10, 15, 20. I mean, why such a drastic drop-off to five rounds? Yeah, so what happened here is, like, the Players Association and the owners, you know, they spoke back in March. They they came up with their agreement where Major League Baseball was, the players, you know, were fronted $170 million, like, in a pool where they're all getting paid through the end of May. That money expires at the end of May. Within that agreement, the owners received the right to, basically chop up the you know the first year player draft down to five rounds if they wanted to i would say you know just from you know what i've heard and what's out there is that most front offices obviously still want like a longer draft and a lot of them thought that they'd get 10 rounds well last week last week the ownership side proposed a 10 round draft but it was significant uh significantly lower slots in around six through ten and they were trying to cap the undrafted free agent signing to a certain number of players. So basically what's happening now is it's a five-round draft, um, but you get as many undrafted guys as you want as long as they're $20,000 or less. So I think the Players Association thought that was better than putting more restrictions in. Our guest is James Fox. James Fox. Uh, he's the uh, editor of uh, Future Sox. We're talking about the baseball's decision to go to a five-round draft. So what would happen... Famously, Mark Burley was drafted in the 38th round. Albert Pujols was drafted in the 13th. Those guys still get signed for the 20G max, if that's what a team wants to do. 
or where where do those stories go? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe a guy like Burley, because I'm not sure off the top of my head like how much money he got. And that's one of the misconceptions about this is that it's going to hurt college seniors. College seniors every year sign for $10,000, $20,000, because they don't have that much leverage. So, like, a bunch of seniors will still sign. But you're right. Like, some of those stories, Paul Goldschmidt's one of the best players in baseball right now. He, he was an eighth-round pick, was never really one of these top prospect guys. He just, like, got better in the minor leagues. Micah Johnson, you know, was a former uh, White Sox ninth rounder, you know, that bounced around the big leagues for a little bit. He was a ninth round pick and signed for like over $300,000. He took that $300,000 and he helped out his family, you know, with some of the money that they used to pay for him to go to Indiana. And that allowed him to play major league baseball. He said, you know, him himself and maybe some other guys similar to him, $20,000. I mean, those guys are picking different careers and exiting the sport altogether instead of trying to become major league baseball players. So, I mean, some of this is, look, it's, it's a five round draft for this year. And, and it is like really, it's really bad for the sport. I think it will be 20 rounds going forward, which, you know, seems a lot more tenable, but you know, it's going to be very curious just to kind of see how all this, plays out and how many kids just decide to go back to school or just don't even play baseball anymore in general because of it. Well, you know, and it's it, as for the, the White Sox of now, it's a good thing the Sox are not, it's still, at least on paper, in the midst of their hardcore break it down and depend on the draft because they have those guys here now, whether they were signings in Luis Roberts' case or a trade in the case of Aloy Jimenez and also James Fox. These guys are are locked in right now. So kind of switching the topic just a little bit, the Sox are in pretty good shape when it comes to the business end of things right now. As Rick Hahn has been pretty slick in getting these extensions done. Yeah, so they should. I mean, they should be in in pretty good shape because they. I mean, even if you know, in a worst case scenario where they don't play baseball this season, which I, I mean, I think it's you know not leaning that way anymore, but. You know, they got a lot of one-year contracts that they signed this offseason, but a lot of those guys have options. They should be one of the teams where, you know, if there are some other teams around the league who decide to cut some costs and start dumping off players, the White Sox should be, like, ready to, you know, trade for some of those guys and try to push forward into winning since they've been saving money all these years, you know, the, the past few years like they have. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think they're in – they're in pretty good shape with this and they still have in a five round draft, the white Sox are still able to spend, you know, close to 8 million on five players. You should be able to add some, you know, a few really good guys to your system this year. You know, it's just, you know, for some of the diehards that follow this stuff, I mean, you're just not going to have, you're not going to have the depth of the draft or added to the farm system for one year, but you know, we don't even know what minor league baseball is going to look like anyway. We'll know that it's less. We'll know that it's a lot less because that's what baseball wants. That's what the owners want, part of cutting costs. And I don't I don't know where this is going, but I know that this has reared the, the idea that the players don't trust the owners, and that's understandable. This goes back to what started all the strikes before and made this union very strong. They don't trust them financially and and there are going to be fights over how much salary is going to be reduced. There's going to be fights over service time, what counts as a full year, what doesn't. And if you're a White Sox fan, I don't think you want anything to count as a full year when you're talking about this kind of young talent the way you would have if you were a Cubs fan 
in 2015, 2016. You don't want anything, you don't want anything advancing that clock if you don't have a chance to really win something. So which which do you th- which way do you think this plays out, James? So I actually think that they'll, you know, I think there will be baseball in some fashion. I've always kind of thought that just because, like, I think the money will win out in the end, what it's going to look like. I don't, you know, all the proposals have come out. I don't have any idea. The only thing I'm pretty certain of is that there won't be any fans in stadiums. Um, But, I mean, look, these guys are going to try to play. Like I said earlier, the players get $170 million divvied up amongst all of them through the month of May. After that, as soon as we hit June here, if there's no agreement, there's no money. So, you know, I, I generally like to follow the money in this regard. They're, they're going to try to play. Um, they're going to try to get in some semblance, you know, of a season. And obviously, you know, from the owner's side, like never let a crisis go to waste, right? So you're going to get your, your expanded playoffs to try to bring in as much money as possible. You're probably going to have a DH in both leagues. You might have some other rules that we haven't seen in the past just because, like, why not? This, this is the time to try some of that stuff. Um, and I think if they are using neutral sites, you could extend the season possibly to, uh, I mean, I heard Joe Madden mention to Thanksgiving. Whatever. I, th- I mean, I think most people would take whatever they can get at this point. So I would, I would say that we're going to see baseball how soon. I'm not sure. Um, but I just think it's too much money for them to not try. I think it's a good time, as you said, James, to try some of this stuff. I also think it's a good time to keep some of this stuff. What do you think about the Sox and Cubs being in the same division or conference, or however you want to phrase it, now and going forward? Wouldn't that be fun, or do you think it would be too stressful for the fan bases? I think the consensus is that it would be fun. So I'm actually... I'm not a big crosstown rivalry guy just because, like, I don't know. Like, the teams are in different um, different leagues. I don't really consider them rivals. Um, I think it brings out the worst in both fan bases. But, look, part of that is because, you know, I think that the rivalries within the division are more important. Now, if you told me they were going to play 14, 15 times, then, yeah, then it does change a little bit because then it, then it is an actual rivalry. So, um, why not? Like, if you bring me baseball – and it and it entails like 15 Cubs and White Sox games. I'm in. That's fine. Yeah, I'll take that. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just yeah. Want, I yeah. just want to smell the yeah. hot dogs again. That's all I want. I want to smell the hot dogs again. <laughs> James, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. All See right, you, man. James Fox, uh, editor of Future Sox. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, um, tomorrow's Mother's Day, Mark. I think you know that. You know that, right? Tomorrow's Mother's Day. I am well aware that tomorrow is Mother's Day. And even if I wasn't aware at this moment, I would lie to you and tell you that I was aware that tomorrow (laughs) is Mother's Day. I like the honesty about your lying. That's really, it's a nice twist. Guys, I got to be honest. I didn't know Mother's Day was this weekend until about Thursday this week. So it kind of stuck up on me this year. You're a horrible son. Adam, you I know, you know, horrible, horrible you know, I, I clearly he's trying terrible, to make his mom proud son. by working so hard that he just couldn't take time to look at the calendar. How's that? We might have BS? to get Mrs. We might have to pull a Parco here and get Mrs. Studs on the line and see how she <laughs> feels about her son. We can not, cold, call um, my, cold call my mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. sure. Let's let's do that. Yeah. Well, I think when we come back, we need to I, I would like to know what you're doing, what each of you are doing and 
for Mother's Day, virtual or in person, or, or how you're handling this, and maybe some of our texters. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Or if we have any breaking phone calls, 312-644-6767. I just want to hear the creativeness, the resourcefulness, the ideas, how people are going to celebrate Mother's Day. And we will start with the mother of the show, Jean Grody. Does that sound like a plan, Mark? I love that idea. And I know that Jean Grody will appreciate it as well. All right, then we'll come back with that. Rosenblum and Grody, Saturday Suckage, hoping to make your self-quarantine, your isolation, less suckage, and we are here for that. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. How's your mother, by the way? <laughs> I guess. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you, Saturday Suckage. And we are um, we're moving towards tomorrow with Mother's Day. And so the question is, how, how are you all going to celebrate Mother's Day? Or what are you going to do about it? How resourceful can you be? How creative can you be? Um, so let's start with the mother of this show. Miss Jean Grody. You know, um, I was just hearing that clip coming in. It made me think about the, uh, do you remember? There was a Saturday Night Live skit. Mark Wahlberg talks to animals with uh, starring Andy Samberg, where he would have animals on, like he'd have a, a, a goat on, and he would always say, hey, how you doing, you goat? Hey, say hi to your mother for me. How's your mother doing? Do you remember? Do you remember yes. that skit or no? Yes, yes, I do. That was, yeah. <laughs> Say hi to your mom. Like I your it mother. was just so. Say perfect. hi to your mom for me. <laughs> Say hi to your mom for me. And yeah. Mark, Mark Wahlberg was like, "What the hell?" Like, and again, it was just so perfect because it's not necessarily something Mark Wahlberg ever said to anybody, but that's exactly the way you would picture him speaking to an animal. Hey, hey, how you doing, you goat? Do me a favor. Say hi to your mom for me. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, Gene Grody. Let's talk about Gene uh, Grody, the mother of this of this show. It's a very difficult Mother's Day this year because of well, n- not just because of what's going on with the, with COVID nineteen, but also because of the fact that I am the following: working tomorrow, 
I am on the radio tomorrow, right? But sometime between three and three thirty. Now, this would not preclude me from going to Itasca and seeing Gene and Gare. However, this is one of those things that if I was to go there, it would actually make my mom more nervous. Like she would the whole time I was there, she would be wanting me to get back to the city because you have to work. I would actually, I would just be more comfortable if we celebrated on another day, and uh, you know. So, and I think in this case, a call to my mom will be what will, will will be perfect. And then at some point in time, I make my way out there in a very safe and constructive, six feet apart at all times way. So <laughs> that's that's. Um, my mom's greatest wish would probably be that I not try to cram in a visit tomorrow because, well, you you know, you need to get back to the city, and I'm worried about traffic, even though there's no traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so my Mother's Day gift to uh, tomorrow will be to not go out there and see her. Okay, the um, the idea of most moms, um, I, I don't know how. How I don't know, technic, te, how how proficient they are with technology. So is a phone call enough? Because it's so old school, and your mom wants to hear your voice. Or do you do you video chat? Do you FaceTime with mom? Which is the same, just a different button, but it's the same idea. Yeah, I will definitely FaceTime chat okay. with my mom. My mom is actually pretty, like you know, relative to her age. She's pretty savvy when it comes to technological things. Like she's, you know, she's not like on Facebook and, and you know Instagram on a daily basis. But if she needs to be, she she can pull it off. Okay. So studs. Um, fortunately, your mom is like all the important people in the world and not listening to this show, so <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't realize that you had no idea you had to do something Sunday. You had no idea as late as Thursday that Sunday was something you needed to account for. Well, I should so, say that, I mean, they, I think that she does listen every now and then. I don't think she's listening right now, or she probably would have texted me. But Is she waking and baking, studs? <laughs> I, you know, I don't think they do that, but... Maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know. They're both, my parents are both retired. I don't know what they're doing in middle of nowhere, Petersburg, Illinois right now. You know, maybe. But, so, I, unfortunately, slash unfortunately, I guess, I'm more than prepared to do long distance Mother's Day because I've been living in Chicago for three years now, I think. And I'm rarely able to get home on actual Mother's Day because I usually have to work this, you know, the life of a radio producer. I'm almost always working either the night before or the day of or that night or the next morning or something like that. So I very rarely have been able to get home to actually see my mom on Mother's Day. Although I would usually make an effort to get down like the week before or the week after, which won't happen now because... I, to, without explaining too much, because I still have to come into work, I still see a lot of people around, and I don't want to risk, like you know, being around my parents even six feet apart. Plus, it's three and a half hours away. So anyway, ah, uh, there it is, there yeah. it is, there it is, three and a half hours away. There it was, there it was. <laughs> Forget all this other stuff. It is. Hey, look, I've made that drive so many times. Like it, the drive really doesn't bother me. I've done the train too. The train's fine. Like it's. So that would not at all preclude me from going down there. There's just all these other circumstances right now that are holding me back, unfortunately. So anyway, hey, wait, real quick, what town? What town again? Petersburg, Illinois. 
Okay. I've never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, so it's by Springfield. It's like half an hour north of Springfield. Right. It's where I grew yeah, up. I lived in Springfield for two years. It's weird that I don't know that town, or maybe uh, I've forgotten. But well, I'm sorry. you know, I mean, it's it's again, it's pretty off the radar. <laughs> you wouldn't really know Bye. about it unless I unless you knew someone from there. Anyway, so I mean, I'll give her a phone call. I'm gonna make sure a card gets is sent, and I'll talk to my sister about what she's doing in try to contribute in that way because my sister lives in Springfield still with her family. So she sees them a lot more. I don't think they see each other a lot since the pandemic's going on, but I'll, I'll make sure something is done. My mom will feel loved. And she, all she ever really wants is a phone call. Like she tells me that all the time. My parents are really simple. They don't really want much. I guess they have everything they need. They're impossible to buy stuff for. So <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Yeah. Yeah. Is that because you don't know what kind of bong they have and whether <laughs> they, may want, a phone, they may want a phone call is just as a heads up. All right, I, Adam's coming home. I, what do you I get the for the parents that already and... have all the paraphernalia? Yeah, I tell my kids the same thing. I don't want you just keep your money. I don't want that. Just call me. Right. Say, <laughs> say happy Father's Day, and that's all I want to. That's all I want to deal with. Yeah, see, I, don't, I don't need it else. Exactly. Like they, you know, they're. My my dad's in his, you know his seventies. My mom's an undisclosed age, and <laughs> so I like they they have everything they need. They've both been retired for a number of years now. It's it, they're they're damn near impossible to buy for. Me and my sister have a conversation before every you know birthday, holiday, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Hey, what are you getting, Dad? What are you getting, Mom? And this year this year she finally gave up. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> so we'll, we we usually figure something out though. But for the longest time, she was your proxy. She 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 was supposed to represent you because you weren't going to make the trip down there. Well, no, well, I I guess in a way, because they would usually like under normal circumstances, I would guess that my sister would have both her and my brother-in-law's mom over tomorrow for you know, or have a family over for some kind of lunch or dinner or something. I, I'm guessing they're not going to do that this year. And so my deal would be I would just I'd make sure that I would call my mom at the very least, and then I would make whatever make as much effort as I could to get down sometime in the week before, week after this year. Okay, I think I can speak for Mark and I when when we say studs. Um, say hi to your mother for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll hey. do, guys. Stay out of your mom for us. And there is somebody who uh, says that they don't live very far from Petersburg, and they they could at any time do a wellness check on your parents if need be. Oh, well, thank I appreciate that. Yeah, 217 looking out for you. See, all the 217 looks out for each other. Absolutely. You know, and I got a little bit of 217 in me, too. You know, I spent, um, you know, I went to Illinois State. I worked in Lincoln. I worked in Springfield for a number of years. So I got a little bit of central Illinois, a little 217 in me. Oh, that's see, that's right. I always forget that you were down there. When were you down there? Like, when were you in Springfield? Um, let's see. I was in Springfield two. Let's see, ninety. God, it gets really hard. Ninety-seven to two thousand. I would say. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was in Peoria, Peoria ninety-five, right when I graduated, working there, and then Lincoln, Illinois. From ninety-five to ninety-seven, and then basically ninety-seven to two thousand in in Springfield. So I I speak Central Illinois. Trust me, I know it. I know I know the people. I know the feel. I like the area. 
I am, as I always tell, whenever I go on the radio there still, I say, I, I am one of you. I am there. I can, I can speak multiple. I am bilingual. I could speak Chicago. I could speak Central Illinois. I appreciate that. It sounds like you were definitely mm-hmm. there long enough to get a f- good feel. I was. For, no, no, I was yeah. definitely there long enough, man. I got a, I, and I lived in those towns. I wasn't commuting or anything, you know. I lived in Lincoln. I lived in Peoria. I lived in Springfield, and all two years at a time. So I think that's enough time to get a, a feel for the area. Not to mention going to school in Bloomington Normal, but I don't really count college because college is so far from real life. Oh yeah, you're. You're, you got blinders on in college. Like I, I feel oh, like yeah. it's it's a period of time where like, all right. So like prime example, real quick, the the housing market crashed in two thousand eight. I was in college then. Honestly, I had no idea about it until after I graduated college. Had zero clues. Like what what are you talking about? The housing market, right? Like, I have no idea right. what you're talking about. Ish bin ein Springfielder. Is that what happens when you go on radio down there, Mark? You just what is pro- what does that mean? John F. Kennedy, when he went to I Am a Berliner. Yeah. Okay. All right. Home of the so, Simpsons. No doubt about it. So Mark Grody is on tomorrow. So you are the cream sandwich between the Bears and Cubs tomorrow. Do I have this right? Yes. I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks. It's so great. Yeah. So I'm Bears post game and then Bulls pregame. So tomorrow. I get to talk about the celebrated Brett Favre. Isn't it funny how we celebrate injury in football? Like tomorrow is the game where Corey Wooten knocks out Brett Favre, and we're all allowed to cheer about that. If it's any other sport, we we become indignant. How dare you get angry about an injury? But in football, hey, Brett Favre got injured. This is awesome. Let's replay it on the score. Yeah, that's right. We're going to at noon tomorrow. It's Bears 40, Vikings 14. After that, Mark Grody will be there with the postgame and the Cubs pregame because at 7 p.m., it is the famous Cubs-Nationals game that you got to wait for the end, you got to wait for the end, you got to wait for the end. Actually, I guess it's the second most famous Nationals game because this is the Mother's Day game, right? This is actual oh, Mother's the Day Javier on Baez Mother's game? Day. Yeah, the extra inning Mother's Day, Mother's Day. And I remember that, trying to get, okay, we're going to get to Mother's Day. How is this going to work? How is this going to, are we going to get to, and so, um, so that one went 13 innings. So that'll be tomorrow uh, on the score. After us today, it is the Cubs and Mariners game. The Cubs are down six to nothing in the third inning, but stick around to the end. The game featured a um, key at bat by Matt Caesar. Remember Matt Caesar? Of course. Matt he Caesar's going to... Uh, no, wait, did he loan Rizzo a bat, or did Rizzo loan him a bat? I don't remember. All right, they were talking about underwear and shorts and things like that and socks. Um, actually, Matt Caesar's going to play a part in What Are You Doing, Wagner? When we yeah. do that next hour. Matt Caesar pops up. We found out what he's been doing, uh, and we will talk about that as well as... Sir Anthony Hopkins, because you can't have a sports talk show, what are you doing, Wegner segment without Sir Anthony Hopkins. And I did have an idea for for Mother's Day. If you wanted to see your mom, I don't know if it's legal or if Lori Lightfoot would come over and smack everybody, but what if you were to find a, a parking lot that was largely empty because these are non-essential businesses, they're all closed. He found a big parking lot 
let's say a movie theater, they have big parking lots, and out in the burbs anyways, and you brought some kind of, say a picnic meal and a cake that said Happy Mother's Day, and you left it, let's, you know, there's, there's two, three, four kids, and they each have a family, so you're four-sided here, and you put all the food and the cake in the middle, so that's your center, and then six feet out, northeast, west, and south, you have the different families. And you're all sort of celebrating together, but you're practicing social distancing by being six feet apart from each other. You may have to scream, it might be loud, but you could have a get together that way. Couldn't you? Hmm. Would that work? Yeah, I mean, the the key part right there, Steve, is six feet apart. Anything can be accomplished in life right now if it is six feet apart. Six feet apart. <laughs> okay. That's all that matters. If you are six feet apart, you can do anything. All right. All right. That's good. All right. I'm glad right. to hear that. Okay. All right. All right. We'll take a break when we come back. We um, Let's get back to our discussion about the last dance, which passes for live sports right now. Um, what's coming up? And um, I think we're there's some things to discuss, what we can anticipate and items around that. What do you say, Mark? Should we do that? Should we do that? I, you look, anytime we could talk about 90s bowls, I am down. The past is not for cowards and losers. I'm sorry. No, it's the past is the only thing we have right now, and, and, <laughs> and that's where we are. We are dependent on thee. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenbaum, Saturday Suckage. Thanks for joining us. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I couldn't take those shoes off fast enough, and when, you know, when I took the shoes off, my sock was soaked in blood. It's kind of fun to come back here and play and, and remember some of the old days and some of the things that... Uh, some of the games that I've had here, and the shoes are a part of that, so uh, my feet are killing me. <laughs> had to go back to all the way 84 to whip y'all ass. Michael Jordan, last game in Garden, place considered basketball mecca, wore Jordan 1s, and his feet were bleeding, and Kurt Schilling thought he had the only bloody socks, but he didn't. And there you go. The last dance last week. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Saturday suckage. Trying to make your suckage a little less so. We're trying to suck so you don't have to while in quarantine. So the episodes seven and eight, um, I've not seen them. Have you Have you seen? Did you get your hands on a on the preview? copies of this mark no i didn't i'm glad i i didn't i've not gone out of my way to yes attempt to get any of those just because i kind of like watching with everybody else i'm with Steve, you I'm, i just want to be treated like a normal person you know i just i don't want to be special. how's that how's that working out for you <laughs> i'm sitting here in my couch i'm in my boxers that's how that's working out right talking about ed and you know all your rapper friends and things like all that. right yeah, yeah, Chance lives, lives down the block. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, just a normal. So you're going to see, so we, we ended up with uh, the the first three-peat finishing, and now we're going to get a dose of baseball. I'm not sure what we're going to get. His first retirement, do you remember, remember when it happened? 
how it happened, the scene, the chaos, what the whole thing was about. When I'm not what the whole thing was about. It was about his retirement, but how it became news. I don't, man. And I don't know. Maybe that's like a trauma that my brain deleted for me to protect me from the from the emotion and the pain of it. It's funny you say that. I don't re- I don't remember where I was or that moment. It's so much easier to remember where I was when, you know, he's back occurred. But fill me in, Steve. It was the uh, 1993 ALCS between the White Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays. About that. He was at the game. And word oh, yeah. was word was filtering through. Suddenly, the the White Sox were not the top story, and uh, on, of that night. I mean, you would think that be, being in the playoffs, that would be that would be a thing. The White Sox in the playoffs and chance to go to the World Series, and Michael Jordan hijacked it, and that was where that came down. I was at the Sun Times at the time. And Brian Hanley was covering the Cubs. So we got the National League Championship Series between the Phillies and the Braves. Uh, or um, as Kurt Schilling would describe it, um, America's team versus America's most wanted, which is really a good line. <laughs> Perfect. And, yeah, so Brian Hanley and I, and not only the White Sox opened the playoffs, but, and Michael Jordan was, you know, whisper, 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 now he's going to retire. But I think that same day is when the Cubs fired Jim Lefevre. So I was there to write a column, and Brian Hanley was supposed to write a game story. And <clears throat> Brian Hanley had suddenly had other plans because they fired the manager of the team he covers. And I knew how this was going to play out. So... It would be on page 15 or something like that. So my lead to the game story was, in other news, the Philadelphia Phillies took a one-game lead over the Atlanta Braves, and that was that. (laughs) So the next day, it all happened. Michael Jordan at massive press conference, and he he announced his retirement. And then we'll we'll see that, and we'll fast forward to baseball, and he'll, he'll suddenly be playing with the White Sox. Now, that was before interleague play. Michael Jordan played at Wrigley Field. Do you remember that, Mark? Of course. The double down the, the, the bouncing double down the third baseline. It was, the, it was the city classic where Cubs right. and Sox, minor leaguers play in a game. It, I, I can't remember if it would, what charity it benefited, but that was the whole idea. Behind it, yeah. And one of the Cubs minor, Sox minor leaguers to play at Wrigley Field was that Michael Jordan kid. And yeah, and it was you're right. It was the Crosstown Classic. I want to say. Yeah. I think it was what the the title of it was. And it was. Yeah. Look, I when it first started, I was young, and I it was it it had heavy meaning to me because it was the only time the Cubs and Sox would play against mm-hmm. each other. And you're right, the the starters would play. It was like an all star game. The starters would play like they get like one at bat, and then sit their butts down the rest of the time. Because what I mean, now that I think back, what a pain in the ass that game had to have been for the managers. Like this is their day off. And I guess it was cool to see minor leaguers, but it was a very emotional game. But that particular day, it was at, yeah, it was at Wrigley. It was Wrigley, right? Yeah. You're Wrigley, yeah. Um, cool day, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And it was all about Jordan 
And what I remember about Jordan, the baseball player, not a great baseball player, like a 220 hitter or something like that in the minor leagues. He was very, very fast. Not necessarily a good base runner, but he was fast. And that's about that stood out about him, the baseball player. And then the fact that he looked so different than the other baseball players. And I'm talking about physique. Like baseball players were, were thicker, stronger. You know, they had baseball muscles. Jordan had, had basketball muscles. So he looked, he just looked different in a baseball uniform. Uh, the Right. And the game at, at Wrigley, he was in the visitor's clubhouse. And I had been writing columns and sort of making fun of the whole idea and or whatever, whatever was being reported about him. And he saw me in the visitor's clubhouse and says, I know what you've been writing. I, what, if, what if I get two hits today? And I'll say, well, you should get two hits. It's off Cubs pitching. And he goes, get out of here. <laughs> you said that to him? I did, yeah. And That's awesome. And he, I think he did. He had the double and a single, I think. Um, so I that's what we're going to get, and we're going to get the Steve Kerr, the black guy. We're going to get that happening. But that was, you know, we discussed that. I guess I'm, um, at, we had Adam Amin on earlier, and there seemed to be, you know, some the 11-year-old the Adam Amin was speaking because it was, oh, my God, we're going to see what Michael Jordan did before I really came to understand Michael Jordan and I'm learning more about it. And he punched a guy on his own team. That's what it sounded like. And I totally get how Adam Amin comes to that sound and conclusion and, and why his excitement about this, this Sunday's episodes of The Last Dance, um, while he looks at it that way, I, I guess I become numb to it because I kind of, Having known a guy for whom it was, you know, get tough or get out. That's what he did to, that's what he said about every teammate. He broke some teammates. You know, Rodney McRae was, it was just, he was brought in and everybody Krause tried to bring in, Jordan would break. And if he didn't break you, he was going to pass you the ball. And he did to Steve Kerr. And we see, we'll see the, the black eye and then we'll... Well, some point later in this, we're going to see him pass the ball to Steve Kerr for a game-winning three. Steve Kerr says, I'm open. Michael believes in him. Michael trusts him. And that's how you you didn't back down. That's how you earn the respect of Michael Jordan. But I felt kind of listening to that. I felt kind of, oh, I've become numb to this because I know that's the way Michael operated. I don't know what you thought when Adam said that or when he brings up the Steve Kerr getting a black eye, when he brings up the fights. You're, you're sort of used to the... You've heard the stories, you know the stories, you've covered some things, right? Yeah, and you know what? I think about those players that played with Jordan. They had no choice but to take a punch from Michael Jordan. And not only to take not only to take a punch from him, but take it good naturedly and not rip on him for and say, Hey, this is all just part of it. Michael's competitive. Think about the difference between Michael Jordan punching Steve Kerr and Bobby Portis punching Nikola Meritich. Um, you know, one that was that that was practically a lawsuit. The latter uh-huh. one, the other one was, hey, that's just part of the, that's just Michael Jordan's competitive nature. You know, I mean, that's what makes him great. In the right. case of Bobby Portis, it's like, oh man, this guy's horrible, and Miritich just had it coming, and you know, it's like, it's that's it's a amazing. really good point. Like, I hadn't thought of it that way. Again, being numb to it, it's all right. Whatever Michael wanted to do with it, you know, it's good to be the king, right? 
Yeah, right. And like, there, even if, who knows what Steve Kerr really thought of that. He has no, from a public relations standpoint, he and Will Perdue took, took a fist from, from Jordan uh-huh. at one point in time. You have no choice but to take it in stride then and even now if you want to have any sort of approval rating in the city of Chicago. You just got to take it. You got to take your punch from Michael Jordan and and move on. Tough, tough luck. Too bad, even if you hated it. The only guy that I remember ever hearing stories about pushing back or not putting up with it was Bill Cartwright, who basically I don't I, I, I'm paraphrasing but something to the effect of don't you know Cartwright saying don't be bringing that crap around here to me like you kind of warned him and I think Jordan Jordan might have might have backed down because he probably didn't want a razor blade elbow to the face yeah I would discretion might might have been the better part of valor and um, and um, things worked out everybody knew where everybody stood and and things worked out for them. Now, the interesting, I don't know if they'll cover it, and I don't know if it'll be this Sunday or the following Sunday, but the last dance almost was in, we, we saw how the how Krauss wanted to hijack the thing after the fourth title. After the, as they were closing in on the fifth title, I had went to, uh, I don't know if they'll cover this, but Phil Jackson was presented with a contract offer from the Orlando Magic that was reported to be five years and $30 million. He had a clause in his contract that allowed him to negotiate with teams other than the Bulls before his Bulls contract was done. Do you know that? Phil Jackson, did you say? Phil Jackson, Orlando? yeah, 97. No, I had n- no idea. I had no idea that that yeah. occurred. That That's, I mean... What I was reminded of this week was that the Knicks made a play for Jordan, but I don't remember the Phil Jackson to Orlando at all. Yeah, that was that was the the talk, and then and then and it, it was all amid Jordan saying, "I won't play for any other coach." He had told me that, and I wrote that at the end of April. And then by the middle of May, there was word coming out that, that Phil had a clause in his contract and the Magic were trying to get him to exercise it where he could negotiate with another team. And then it became playing poker with Michael Jordan's love. And the, the, you would think that it would be crazy to let Phil Jackson go. You would be a villain. But if Phil Jackson took the offer, then suddenly Phil Jackson would look like the villain who was leaving. So it was... Hmm. It was a whole kind of yeah. Who's who's gonna blink first? But that was I don't know if they'll deal with that. But that was that was certainly part of the discussion that was in the bloodstream, and it may be left for the last weekend. I don't know how they're splitting this thing up. All right, well, Steve, take a, yeah. Real quick, one thing that I am critical of in this documentary is the lack of, other than like Sam Smith, it seems like a lack of local flavor from like because i'm thinking about you right now and like you obviously had some real interactions with jordan and i know a lot of my colleagues that covered it then like like david schuster or somebody like that um like where where are the where are the local where's the local flavor what's going on you saw melissa isaacson last week she's been in a couple episodes and she covered the bulls and mike mulligan was there um 
on they took the clip from WTTW. Yeah, but they just showed like a clip. Yeah, they just showed a clip right. from him, but no like insight. No like here's Mike Mulligan and what he saw. Like where? Well, where, I, what's? I would always go back to the idea that that this was um, this was not Ken Burns putting this together. This was this was people showing some deference to Michael Jordan. I imagine he had input yeah. on this and whatever they could. And it was on. It's on ESPN. They're going to use those people, even if even if they're from out of town, whatever they knew, that's yeah. where it was going to play out. Um, I I do know that there was, Michael Jordan had to tell one reporter first that he would never play for anybody other than Phil Jackson. And I know who that that columnist for the um, Tribune was, and you're talking to him. Um, I don't know who else got interviewed who didn't. Um, I'll wait to see if they show up or not. But um, I think it's a, it's, it's the way they're going to tell the story in concert with what the director knows, what the, what Jordan wanted, and with the way the research turns stuff up. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. I think it's great. I'm watching it for what I didn't know, and I'm watching it for what we all did know to see it again. It's live sports. It's the closest we have. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll, we'll spend part of the next hour with what are you doing, Wagner? with what people are doing during the quarantine. And we found something. Rick O'Donnell has been doing something that is pulling off his own kind of March Madness miracle. And he'll have to explain it. And and he will. And if you're a Western Illinois fan, you're going to love it tonight. And you're going to want to see the live stream. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 